Hello everybody, you are listening or watching Animal Wisdom Stories. I'm Miriam Thiel-Alberts, I'm your host for today, for this episode, and I'm really, really happy you're seeing her if you're watching the video already. Um, we have Linda Salinas here today with us, all the way from North Carolina. Welcome, welcome, Linda. I'm so happy that you're here and I'm so looking forward to the next hour to be talking to you. So welcome. It is my honor and <laughs> I thank you for even reaching out and wanting to talk to me. So I feel very privileged and honored. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. And um, you are a true horse whisperer and you're also a trainer, a liberty trainer, and you've done some animal communication. So you, I mean, basically you're a horse whisperer. You translate from the horses to people and back. Is that right? Is that I, what? I do. I do. I do. And it's a, it's a journey that is uh, always unfolding, always learning. And where the horse has, I've just sort of switched roles in the fact that I was teaching the horse. And now we have switched it to where the horse is teaching me. And I'm learning so much about their world. And this, I feel, is one of the reasons that is so exciting, the work that I am doing, because it's coming in fresh. It sounds amazing. And you're also offering now online courses to, um, to do this, this liberty or this work with the horses at Liberty. Is, is that right? It's, it's called True Connection, isn't it? Or Linda Salinas uh, Academy? It is called True Connection by Linda J. Salinas. And the program, I have to say, was developed by the horses. <laughs> that is amazing. So, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, this is the part that I am getting ready to release probably in June. And it's uh, 10, uh, 10 lessons of what happens when you just show up without expectations or agendas and you allow the horse to come in. So it's a three part series. It, it involves going blank, which is the first step okay. which, where you, you come in with everything you absolutely have known. Right now I have an online Academy where you learn the language of horses. And in that um, part of the program, you are understanding the herd dynamics the social order and really how to maneuver around a horse safely and influence a horse safely and remain safe. And in that part is where you will uh, begin building the bond with your horse. But that exercise of building the bond continues every single day of our lives because that becomes the focus is the actual bond. And you don't want to, um, you, you, you always want to protect that bond and, and the connection and the relationship that you have, just like you would, you would when you share a really wonderful relationship with another human being. You're very careful about how you've been very respectful and very reverent of the connection that you share with another human being. And so I bring this into the horse world as well. In fact, I think that's pretty probably where it started at, where I started in the horse world and then graduated and took it into the human world uh, with my brothers and sisters to be connected with them and yet 
feel a certain connection with them when it's open on their ends. So this connection that you're talking about, this bond with, with your horse, is that the sort of um, basis of, of your dancing with the horses? Because I've seen your videos where you, you're very lightly, very free, you dance with the horse, which is, you know, amazing. And it's very hard to do. <laughs> It is and it isn't. It's, it's in the same sentence. It's, it, I think it comes about like when we would see gymnastics and the gymnast in the, um, uh, in the Olympics and they hear these young bodies are just tumbling around on a gymnastic floor like they're just rubber and all this suspension that they have and they make it look so easy. And I even remember my own children turning somersaults when they would see the Olympians out there performing and how they would try to mimic them and how difficult it was to even get them off the ground. They were just doing somersaults. And so it looks easy. But to get to that point of where it flows is a journey. And so in, in, your, in your teaching, it's that bond that helps you, um, or it, that's the essential part, isn't it? In that whole... It, it, is, everything. <laughs> it, it is everything. It right. is everything. It is, it is knowing how that horse is feeling about right. you in the moment. And not only about you, but also your request, your okay. tone, your attitude, right. everything. And this is one of the things that I, I love about horses, especially because our communication begins long before we even approach them. Their awareness and what they are communicating to us is ongoing as we approach them and we're not even aware of that and this is what i love to bring out and show and demonstrate to people that if you can come with an observing eye you will be able to see what it is that your horse is saying so why is it so important to really um see what the horses are saying you know what they really want in that moment because in traditional horse training it's more about what do I want? I've heard it many times in, in, in stables, you know, you have to show him who's boss. You have to, you know, why do you think, you know, that's like an old approach maybe? I don't know. I think it just comes into different ways to interpret that. For example, um, a certain person may say you have to become the horse's boss. Another person may say, and this is my language that I use is, is that you have to become an influence into the horse world mm -hmm. if you want to be able to move in unison with that horse. You have to be offering some influence. So learning his language and what it means to him and how he is going to understand and translate. And I think this is the language has, you know, taken on certain attitudes. The cowboy would say, oh, yeah, you got to become their boss. And there is the truth to it, but it's the interpretation that I like to take away from it and take out the personal issue of how we would come about and teach our animals, say, for example, leadership. Mm -hmm. And so uh, 
how would we approach that horse with some kind of influence? And what tools do we need to know? And that is when I come in and say, okay. let's use our bond as our influence. Let's use our bond because horses move horses around all the time. And that is their language. So. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. So my point is it all, and therein becomes how am I going to influence that horse? And am I going to come in with an attitude of because I said so, mm. because I can and if you and if you just stop and think about it, how would that feel to the recipient? Mm. Because I can, because I said so. Well, is that the best ingredient you can offer the relationship at that time? I don't think so, or at least not for me. So what I do is I try to look at that horse and how am I going to influence that horse? And there is some very basic herd behaviors that you have to know. And this is what I cover in the language of horses, mm -hmm. which I is an online program to help people understand right. uh, how important it is because what we're actually doing is we're entering into their world. They're not entering into our world. And that's a big uh, misconception and foundation that, uh, I discuss because when we talk about natural horsemanship, how natural is it for a horse to be in a round pen? He doesn't use fences or barriers for communication. Yeah, he does. So I bring those down. It can be in the pasture or it can be in the arena, but wherever it is, I just really ask that the environment be one where the horse can escape my influence because if I ask him to do something too strong or too hard, I need to know that he can escape that from me. And that is just information for me that says I need to bring but down my mm -hmm. intention, my communication skills so that I can find this, this golden thread of connection that we are going to be sending our energy and communication to and through. And so that was what became so beautiful about being an animal communicator is I knew and learned the dynamics of what it takes to communicate with animals and how the information comes. Mm -hmm. And once I knew that, then I could utilize that in allowing uh, the animal to, with a bond, to simply throw it away and say, I'm done. This is what you've taught. I've learned from humans, but what can you teach me? Mm. This is where the meat and the bones and the meat and potatoes are for me as an animal communicator is to say, this is what I've learned from humans. But now that I can communicate, what can you teach me? And it just unfolded so beautifully in my life through the experiences that I've had with my horses. So, and when you were saying that your horses have helped, or the horses helped you um, find this new approach of true connections, um, what happened? So, you used to be a teacher or trainer of the waterhole uh, rituals uh, yes. by, by Carolyn Resnick, and you've been, you were 
teaching all over the world and now you you came came up with your own approach so what what happened what came well i had to correct you it was the okay. horses who came up with the uh a new approach okay great <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> No, yeah. and, and, and the reason I say that is, is um, you're, you're very correct. I was uh, an instructor of the Carolyn Resnick Method and the Waterhole Rituals. I continue to endorse Carolyn's method of training horses. However, when I felt that I was, there was a part of me that was married to the program mm -hmm. that would... Um, would not allow me to listen to the animal. Okay. And so when I said, I'm just going to take what I know and throw it all away. And that is exactly what I did. I took everything I knew about horses and I threw it all away. And I'll never forget the first day I did that. I didn't even have my horse Shadow, which is my pretty much number one dance partner. I had my horse Bella who is a brown and white, beautiful paint, but she is a horse who is known to push my triggers. And when I say that, she is the horse that has the most to teach me about my internal world, mm -hmm. so to speak. So I don't always use her as a dance partner because I didn't feel that we were at that point. And yet the first day I went out there, threw everything away, and it was just one of the most magical moments that I have had with the horse. And fortunately, I was able to capture it on video, and it is on my website and up on Vimeo and YouTube. However, the footage has, uh, as, as human error goes, has been destroyed by dropping my hard drive and that piece of information went down the tubes. But at least I have where it was recorded to show exactly what happened when I threw everything away and what showed up and how I developed the new program. And what happened? Just let us know here. <laughs> and what happened? What happened so, in that moment? So I'll never forget, I had music on and I walked into the arena and Bella was being Bella and I just happened to notice that uh, she, she had an attitude somewhat, but not so much against me, but she was just feeling good that day and didn't want to really pay me much any attention. And so the music was uh, some romantic uh, Spanish music that I couldn't understand the lyrics to, but I could understand the vibration. And it was more like a... Uh, like a tango going on it, with the music. And so Bella kind of blew me away and I, was, I walked away and, and then all of a sudden something just clicked inside of me. And I turned around to her and said, let's just play, let's just play. And I started influencing her and she started becoming very enlivened. But something else happened that was beyond what what I was used to. And what happened was Bella had gone off in the arena and went over to drink some water. And when she did, as soon as she turned around, she instantly like bolted for some odd reason. But there was an energy that flew through the arena. And the reason I know that is, is because I grabbed my hat and there was no wind blowing. 
but the energy made me feel that my hat was going to come off. And she started running around that arena. And normally I don't play with the horse that comes in with that kind of power because it's too much for me. I had no um, tool in my hand to create distance. I, I didn't have anything. And yet I heard a message that said, play with it, play with it. And so here's Bella running around my arena and bucking and kicking. And she's coming toward me with this energy and lunging at me. And all I knew to do was go toward it. And at one point she comes at me rearing up. And then I just, I didn't know what else to do, but just to, in order to protect myself, I just threw my arms up at her with an energy bubble. And then I did she catapults her body and sets herself down three feet away. It was the most amazing feeling that I could play with that energy and get that type of a result from a horse, particularly one who pushes my triggers. And when I could see that, I was like, and it was way, it was so much that we'd come together in this video. And I'm like, now that we've done that, let's bring that energy down low. And yet, at the same time, I'm shaking in my boots. And yet, so excited to have played with what I consider danger. And yet, it didn't feel like danger to me. It was just this inviting energy that said, come dance with me. And I did. And I knew then that I wanted to open up that door and go down that route, that road. And so I did. And that was when I actually developed what I am developing now is just 10 lessons. Three will be giving out uh, for free for those that are in the academy to get their feet wet about showing up going blank, showing up and going live and what that looks like. What do you think changes if somebody, um, because I think we're in our society, we're very, very guarded all the time, you know, and we, we like to hold on to things that we know that work, you know, even though they might not be the best solutions for things. But so when you're telling me this, I can feel myself thinking, oh my God, what would I have done in that situation? Would I have been uh, courageous enough to just let go in that moment and trust that I have, um, you know, that I have that power to play with that energy and to um, not get knocked to the side or something like that? So um, I forgot what the question was basically because I'm, I'm thinking about... Um, what, I what would I have done? And you have to remember, I was in the arena as you would have pointed yourself to be out in the arena. I was doing the same thing going, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm not playing with that. And yet I heard the message, play with it, play with it. And I stepped into that unknowingly. Uh, I do that a lot with, uh, I, I, trust is your big word here. That, that's the biggest word in, uh, in uh, 
finding new new beginnings and finding the courage to step out into the unknown and into the darkness. And yet this is what I find as an animal communicator that our animals are asking us to do. They're asking us to step into that part of ourselves that is unknown so that we can dance with them. Actually, this is a nice cue because I have an animal uh, wisdom message. That's how I call them. Uh, from one of your horses, from Gramsci. And I thought this might be a nice place to actually read it um, because it kind of fits. Is it okay if I, if I read the, the message from Gramsci? Oh, please, share with us. So, I asked Gramsci, what would you like to share with us today? And this is what Gramsci said. Hold on. Life is a continuation of new beginnings. Every day we wake up, every day you wake up, you have the chance to start fresh. Every day you wake up, you can choose love over hate. Every day you wake up, you can learn something new. It is in those moments where you'll find the purpose of being on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> that is very Gramsci. <laughs> it's, it's, I laugh because uh, yeah, go ahead. She, well, she's just an extraordinary horse. I mean, there is—I don't care. However, package you want to put it in. Number one, she's a white horse. Number two, she is a mare. Number three, she's an archetype of just the queen herself. Um, an amazing, extraordinary horse. Her energy is second to none in this world. And uh, she happened to grace me with her uh, purpose in life, which was to make me who I am. <laughs> so is this, I mean, Gramsci was quite, she was quite badly hurt um, yes. years ago, wasn't that? Yes. So she had an accident. She did. And this accident was my awakening. Of, I had many awakenings, but this one was a huge awakening for me. And uh, what happened was she was in the arena. I had my back to her and she had an accident where uh, her foot, she, uh, I didn't see it, so I can only assume what happened. But she was running in the arena and when she, her foot was up against the post and it snapped it. And you know the P2 bone, which is the ankle on the horse, which is the part of the leg that comes down and then you have the part that gets out in front. That's the ankle. And that's the axis. That's where all the weight comes in. And so for all of that weight to come down on her front left bone where it was broken. It was broken from one joint end to the other and it was spirally broken. And I have, um, I have a trusted veterinarian that I share a personal relationship with. So I have a trust there. I also called in a different veterinarian who was just a veterinarian. And I also had our uh, x-rays sent off to uh, our local um, North Carolina State Veterinarian Hospital where there is a orthopedic equine surgeon take a look at her 
x-rays and her x-rays were so bad that surgery was not an option. So surgery was out. And yet she looked at me and she said, give me a chance. Now, what I find that was back in 2006. And what is so extraordinary about that is one, no one else could hear that. Two, I had only uh, acquired uh, Gramsci two months previous to her breaking her ankle. So I did not have a deep history with this mare. I have never been on her back. I've never ridden her. When she came, I gave her a period of adjustment to settle in. And in that length of time, she broke her bone. But what happened was there was this driving force inside of me. And this is where my animal communication muddies the water into energy because we're finding language to describe things, but we're having to find the language for what is really happening. And that has been the journey and part of the process as well. It's been so difficult to get what really happened out. So with Gramsci, she didn't say she was going to make it. She just said, give her a chance. Well, who was going to take that bet? Who? Because obviously uh, surgery wasn't an option. They were turning me down. And everyone else, there was just no, they explained to me as a human, we can go and lay down in our beds yeah. and take, uh, you know, take the weight off and allow that bone to heal itself. Or we have surgery and we put plates and we put it back together again. The break was so bad, surgery was not an option. And this is what happened. Two months later, Barbaro breaks his bone in running in for the, after winning the, the, the Kentucky Derby. And this is happening in my life simultaneously. That Barbaro has the finest of the finest of medical doctors, except his is in the rear. Grandpa's is in the front where there's more weight. And all she had was me to talk to. So our journey became a trio, literally. And what happened to me one night changed everything. And this was when I felt my portal of this energy and this information truly opened up for me. But what happens is now we've got to have this energy and information to be able to flow through our bodies because it has to go through where? Our inhibitions, Oh, what will people think of me if I speak up for my horse and say, well, I'm sorry, you know. So it has to run through our own blockages that we hold on to and our own filter systems before it can run through and be, we can become vessels and this information can be claimed. So this journey and to get to this point where I can even come and find words to explain this is a 13-year journey. And so when I was, it, 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 it blew me away to have this horse tell me to give her a chance. And I'm like, what do you mean give you a chance? You're done. And yet I looked at that mare and I could see, no, she was not. There was life. There was a survival reaching out for someone. There was a plea and I could hear it. However, to walk that walk 
it took every fiber of my being to hold on to, am I doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. Who wants to keep a horse if ultimately all you're going to do is, why well, put her through the pain if you're just going to come to the same conclusion that you've already been told, which is to euthanize her. So my question was, and still is, what was that driving force? What was it that made me go against even my own alarm systems that were saying, doubt, 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 doubt. To push through those was the journey. And this is my journey of where I wanted to encourage others to say, yes, go the journey. Take your mind, your logic, your reasoning. Throw it also out the way and get one-on-one -on -one with that animal. Get connected. And yes, it comes through the bond. It comes through the bond because you have that cord of connection. And that cord of connection is greater because there's two connected versus one. So now you have me and Gramsci in this dialogue of what to do. Now let's open up the third party. And this is the next part of the story I'm going to tell you. So all I had was a diagnosis of a horse that had the broken P2 bones, joint to joint, spiral break. Forget the doctors. They're saying, we can't help you. So I hired two animal communicators. The first one said that Gramsci did that on purpose. She did not want to be in this world anymore. And that was why wow. she broke it. Wow. Wow, that was huge. And I thought, well, I think I need a second opinion. So I hired another animal communicator. And she said that um, she wanted to have the surgery. And that didn't compute with me either because surgery wasn't an option. Now, let me, let me be very careful because this is something very important to all animal communicators. And who are animal communicators? Everyone who has animals. Right. We're all right. animal communicators. So this is a, one of my messages. If I could take all animal communicators in this workshop and teach them one thing, it would be this. The animal communicators, let's take the first one. Did, did what she get, was it wrong? No. Take the second animal communicator. Did what she get, was it wrong? No, I got a message that said, Linda, as long as you go on the outside, you're going to get contradiction. Mm. That was my huge, big epiphany. I honored these animal communicators. I believe that that is exactly what they got and that it was serving me for a higher purpose. So, if that animal communicator comes with a good intention and not the intention to deceive you or to make money off of you to, by telling you something, you know, they're out there, we know that. But I believed in these animal communicators that that was truly the information that they got. And that information served me just as much for my own development as an animal communicator. To turn off everybody, turn off the doctors, turn off animal communicators. I was going anywhere but in here. I wanted to go anywhere but in right. here. Right. Because that's 
the journey that's too hard because where's the word I'm looking for? Trust. Right. So I'll never forget. I was sitting out one night and uh, I had all the news that I needed that Gramsci said, give me a chance. And everything just kept pointing back to euthanasia. And yet she kept saying, give me a chance. And I was out at my barn one night and I have Dutch doors and I was sitting in front of the Dutch doors and I could actually look at her. And as she put her head out from the stall, she was this beautiful, amazing horse that had this brightness in her eye. It was perfect. And yet behind that Dutch door, she was as broken as any horse could be. And I did not know what to do. And everywhere I went was, was contradicting what she was saying and what I didn't know what to do. And yet I owned the fact that's what she told me. I've always owned it and held on to it. But I was at a point, Miriam, where I was, I was so backed into a corner. I had nowhere to go. I was out of options and I didn't know what to do. And I'll never forget it. I screamed to heaven. I looked up to heaven because I had nowhere else to go. And I screamed with every bit of my might to tell me what to do. And it looked quite, um, I had no, no, no inhibitions when I did it. So I, neighbors could have heard me when I screamed. I don't know. It didn't matter to me. I was that desperate. But the minute I screamed that out to tell me what to do, I threw my head down in exhaustion. And in that moment, I began receiving images, bright, colorful images. And I knew without a doubt that in my language, in my translation, in my words, that was God, the creative force, the universe, this power communicating with me. And we became a trinity. Gramsci, myself, and this communication that was coming through me and comes through us when animals began to speak to us. And that opened up that portal. And here we are today talking about it 13 years later. It's been an extraordinary journey. And, I think um, it's amazing. And yeah. so do you think that when we're at that point, when we're ready to let go of, of these old methods that we decided to take on or these old belief systems, um, that something happens, you know, for you, something happened, you know, something opened up. And over sudden, you become more in tune and you become stronger in a way. But this is like, it's, I think this is what people are so afraid of, just letting go, because it's a little bit like dying. It's like this really going like the ego is probably screaming at you at that moment. I have to share, it, it, it is truly the hardest thing that I really ever have done. It, it's like walking off in the dark on a diving board and you get to the end of it because your feet can feel there is no more and you get a message to jump and it's dark and you don't know what is there 
and to take that. And it, it is like that. So who, I, I don't take the journey unless I'm forced. Right. <laughs> to not take it. It, it, it really is. And it comes with a lot of, of agony, a lot of resistance and a lot of pain. It, it was, it was horrendous to, to, to come to that place within myself but only to learn and we talk about letting go of these old thought patterns only to find out that those are new thought patterns the old old thought patterns are the ones i'm connecting back to and that is is that these energies are here all along and we have split off humanity's thinking has not evolved and brought those teachings with them so i'm having to go back and make my own reconnections to them and so what changed in your life, like in your, in your personal life, in your development after this amazing journey? I mean, your, your horse was okay, right? I mean, she lived and, and you were able to, to help the horse back to health. It was a long eight months. And in that eight months, there were so many beautiful things that unfolded. There were a lot of moments of... It was time. It, she's not going to make it. I, I tried this. It didn't work. Only she would rally through. There are so many stories I could share with you on uh, that helped me cultivate that trust and to learn to take it one step at a time and to learn to pace myself. And that journey was a solo journey. And it was, as I said, between the, the horse and God. And from there, it has continued me on. The Trinity still continues. It's grown in the fact that now it's my herd of horses and now it's my community of people that I'm teaching that are also of this same uh, belief system and like-mindedness. And we also get the results that we get by believing in that way, that it is energy. Of course. I mean, yeah, I believe it's that. The language of it's just the language of love. Yeah, and, and we are, I mean, I love the story and I love um, your sharing about that because it's sort of, um, I think we all experience similar situations like that. Sometimes they're bigger and sometimes they're smaller. But basically, um, this feeling of having to let go of something that is not working anymore, is, it happens in your life, you know, more than once. And whether it's a relationship or it's a job or it can be anything. And um, to have this, you know, that you're sharing this story, it's so beautiful because it, I mean, you really chose a situation that is so big. And, you know, instead of, you know, showing like, Lots of people showing little situations where they go like, oh, you know, I'm not too happy about my job. I don't know what to do, you know, and then they get the, the download or they know what to do or they, they get into that flow again. Um, and, I and, feel like and, and I have to say, I have to say not to interrupt you because I love yeah. where you're going, but what I have to say is, is that you're, you're so correct that we all get those awakenings. And they're as grueling for me as they are for everyone. 
because you 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 it's the shedding of a skin it's coming into a new you're transmuting a new thought process you're you're actually taking what you have paid professionals to tell you and yet you you look at that and you say i can't do that there's something else that is is driving that I'm hearing that no one else is hearing. And what is that? I don't know. And do you also take that and play with a horse for your benefit? You know, you do you do that? No, that's the last thing I wanted to do was to have this horse suffer on my account. And she had a broken bone. And yet she suffered a lot. And I suffered a lot with her. And yet, but we found that the journey was, was our journey to take. And this is why I say we're all animal communicators. Yeah. But myself, I take it personally because I was called to be an animal communicator. I was called to have this journey with this horse, with this lovely, beautiful, exquisite Russian Arabian mare and only 13 years to have another awake-up call with her son. Okay, is that Shadow? Is that it's Shadow! <laughs> okay, <laughs> that is beautiful. Yes, and, I, I, and so would you like to hear the story of Shadow? Sure, yeah. It'll bring you up present day because it's, it's this 13-year journey that I've had and how it's still unfolding for me. So, yes, I had... Shadow's mom had the broken bone and she is happily to report and give you she is in my pasture to the to this day and she runs like the rest of them and yes she has a limp and yes she has a lot of infirmities but guess what she is 31 years old wow. as of yesterday as well as wow. Shadow is and his birthday and her birthday are the same day oh, they God. were born the same day on Mother's Day so there's a lot of rich symbology that Shadow and his mother have for me. They're both white horses, which are very symbolic, very powerful in that meaning alone. So 2017, December, we're in the cold of winter, a few days after Christmas. We have some very cold days. And I have um, hay feeders that have uh, where I put the, the hay in the net so they can slow down the eating. And because it's going to be quite cold for the next 10 days, I have given my horses unlimited amount of hay to eat to generate for their body heat. And whoa, Timothy hay, which is also uh, a hay that has less sugar in it. And lo and behold, in the dead of winter, in all this cold, my horse shadow gets an attack of laminitis. Oh my God. Deadline. Comes up deadline. And I immediately got him off the, what I needed to do. We got him in. He had some rotation, three to 4% rotation. And we began another journey that lasted longer to restore his health than with Gramsci. And what happened was, is that we would go a little bit that he'd get better and then we'd go two steps back. And this continued for about three or four months. 
and he just wasn't getting any better. And as soon as he would, boom, we would have a setback. And this kept going on. And finally, I just had to say to Shadow, I need to know, are you on the journey to walking you home? I need to know that. Mm -hmm. Because I only have so much of me that can allow this type of attention that I'm giving you for X amount. I'm into it almost 10 months now and I'm running out of my own gas. I need to know, are you going to, do I need to walk you home or are you on the road to recovery? Because as soon as you recover, boom, something else happens. Do you know what that horse shared with me? That he could not get better until I got better. Wow. Around and said, wow, what is wrong with me? And yet I knew I had some areas that were, I felt some pain and needed healing in. But what happened even more so was before that happened, I came in one night, my husband was out of town. I walked into my house. It was a dark when I walked in. I'd been out there during the day and been with him until the lights went out. Walked into my house where I had not turned the lights on. And I walked into my chair and just sat down. And I began to think about what life would be like without shadow. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember that I have a huge history with this horse now because I've gone through this experience with his mother and he was very much a part of her healing and recovery. Mm. So I have such an intimate history of what we've been through and this connection that I share with Shadow. And he is the strongest horse. The strongest connection I share with any horse is with Shadow. Um, I love them all the same, but when it comes to connection, it's the horse that is the easiest for me to connect with. So I came inside and I sat down and as I contemplated in my thoughts, what it was going to be like to have, to not have shadow in my life. And the tears literally started falling down my face and I'm one to just like, uh, Put my, put my, don't let the tears fall. You know, enough of that. I can always, it's not happening yet. Get a hold of yourself. In that moment, shadow appeared to me. And he was just in the stall. But his whole presence came into my being and said, you have to feel it in order to heal it. And feeling that pain of separating from him, it healed me in that one moment, in that instant. He penetrated me, and I knew that his essence was in me, and that at any time I could call on his essence to be with me, whether he was in the physical body or he wasn't. How liberating is that? How liberating is that? That now I don't have to hold on to this horse. Once he's gone, he's still here. And of course, as animal communicators, and we do have clients who come and ask us to communicate with their animals who have passed on. And some of my most extraordinary communications have come from animals who are really of higher messages that really want us to get it. And so 
to experience that while still being in our bodies and to still be with him and just to know what it is that's going to bridge us back to where we can be if it is even in our cards. So when that happened, that was liberating for me. And then when he shared with me, I can't get better until you do. That was huge. That was huge. That was because we always, we can go to therapy and we can go to people for advice and, you know, and we, we always will trust it, but we run it through this system first. Mm -hmm. But when we have our animals communicate to us what we look like to them, we'll change. We won't do it if we hear it from another person. True. But yeah. when we hear it from our animals, we'll change. And I'm the first, I'm the guilty one. Because that is the only, they have more authority over my transformation than humans do. It's just, it's just my order. I, I don't know why that is. But I have also found that to be true with my client. We won't change because of what someone else tells us. But when we can see that that is what our animals see in us, mm -hmm. it has no, it doesn't come with any um, ego attacks. You know, it doesn't come with pushing any of our triggers. We simply look at it and go, oh, that's information. That's how my horse sees me. That's the reflection of what my horse has just put the mirror up for me. I've got to correct that. And so there's this beauty of being your horse can be your teacher and reflect what it is that you look like to him. And it's just beautiful. If you can take your ego and say, I want to bring my soul into this conversation. And the ego simply can't handle this. So it has to go. I want the wisdom. That is soul information for me. And that's where I go. So, I mean, I know what you're talking about because... Um I have a white horse as well. <laughs> so and my, uh, my horse has actually uh, helped me heal. Yes. And um, from kind of childhood trauma, childhood beliefs, and he helped me in a way that I was ready to uh, take on a relationship, you know, that I was able to get married to open up to another human being. And I needed that connection to my horse first. Um, because my horse or animals, they don't tell me things that are not true. You know, I had this problem that as a child, I would always see uh, what people were trying to say, wanting to say, and behind what they were saying. I mean, I always saw this discrepancy between what they were actually saying and what was hiding behind that. And my horse didn't have that. So this was the first time in my life where I felt like it's safe for me to believe what he's saying. When he said to me, I want to be in the film and I made a film about us, our journey, I didn't, um, you know, I didn't feel that I needed to protect myself because my horse had no, I mean, we had problems. He was wild when I got him, but 
he was true. He was true in his wildness and he was true in his sweetness. You know, there was never any, uh, for me, any, any feeling that um, I can't trust him because he's saying one thing and doing another thing. No, he was true to what he was doing. You know, when he was scared, he was scared. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and and th this is so true. And th this is where I feel that, um, Miriam, that your horse allowed the shedding of your skin, the old yeah. belief system. And one of the things that you said that I so identify with is as a child, and I had a, I was raised in a family where um, animals were considered family members. So I had a very healthy outlook on animals and they were part of my uh, healing. Even as a young child, animals never disappointed me. The humans, you know, they could tell me something and, you know, it was like, oh, that just disappointed me. And so I would just go, it, it, I could find heaven on earth always by being with my animals. It was never hard for me. So what happened was, but like you, I, and as an empath, and I'm sure you are as well, you could, by the time the words or the language was used, yeah. it was misusing the language because the language, the, the words are the caboose of the message, mm -hmm. basically. It begins with the thought, the feeling, the tone, the attitude, the intensity, the intention, before it ever makes it out of our mouths. But when we're little and we're children, we see how, and we've, we're guilty of it, but how language is used, misused, to not represent the true feeling in a way that can get the outcome that we need. And this is the beauty of working with animals, I have found. So now I can find the words that I need to be able to bring in the language so that I can teach these people this, be mindful of these words, they have power. Right. And our words are our vibration. Yeah. And if we do use our language, let us use our language for one of understanding. I'm not here to push your triggers. Horses do that good enough for us. And I just get to be the translator. So I put myself in a very neutral position, a very safe position to be with when I'm working with clients who are bringing me their animals as well. So in your, in your new um, approach and in the True Connections uh, trainings, do you use the animal communication still as a tool in that in that um communication between human and animal i do in fact and, and this was what was so uh odd about what my my journey because it was my horse Gramsci, shadow's mother who sent me down the road of animal communication okay and yet when shadow i had the experience with her son and he tells me you have to feel it to heal it. And I have what I refer to as a mystical experience with my horse shadow. And so what is opening up for me is a mystical realm, which is what I refer to the archetypal energies and uh, messages that come down 
And horses can take on certain archetypal energies. Mm -hmm. For example, there is, if you look at my horse, Ramsey, if you, we were all to interact with her, we would all come back and say, she is absolutely monarchy. She is the quintessential queen. She is not nice. She's not warm and fuzzy. She embodies her role to perfection. Her role is she's just like Queen of Elizabeth. She's on duty all the time to be the matriarch of honing in, bringing, she is the conduit, the vessel, the messenger of, of utilizing my calling as an animal communicator. And so when we see this, it, the, 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 the picture is huge of my calling as an animal communicator. And so I have to slow my world down in order to record this for people coming into the next part of my program, which is the language of horses. Uh, coming from the language of horses into the other part of it, which is go blank, show up, and go live. It sounds, no <laughs> it sounds amazing, actually. Um, where can people find you? Where can people find out about uh, your upcoming events and the online academy? I, um, I have an online academy that is called Liberty Horse Academy. Dot com, but I am going to change the name of it. And the reason is, is because it is Liberty Horse Academy, but I want to bring more in of true connection. So I'm going out there. You're catching me right in a transition of one uh, name into another, because all of this is encompasses true connection by Linda J. Salinas. But Miriam, what I want is, is to create this audience of teachers and like-minded people who can go out and do this work because we are, we are, we are of service to the animal. So I'm offering, uh, I am taking on teachers. I'm working on that program as well in the background of taking teachers to say, I teach true connection and then they put their name behind it because it is true connection by, because it, it comes into these are the steps. You go blank. You put yourself in the observation mode, and then you work with what you know about the language of horses to keep yourself safe and the interaction and to be able to influence the horse. Now, now show up, throw it away, go live, put your music on, dance, make your video, be beautiful, be that expression of beauty and connection that doesn't need words, that doesn't need it. Because the performance then is your connection. That's the performance. Is you know the what? You sold me your next workshop. It sounds oh. so amazing, you know? I really, um, and your true connections, that is on Facebook. You have a Facebook page for that already under the new name, isn't it? where you would probably yes. post, post all your upcoming events and workshops and all that. I think it's very, very exciting. And um, I'm so looking forward to um, hearing more about it, seeing more about it. And I hope that one day I can, I can come over or, you know, I can come and join one of your clinics. Oh, <laughs> um, I would so love it. And where are you located at, Miriam? 
in Germany, close to Berlin. Oh, you should have me come over. I think so, yes. <laughs> that yes, would be lovely. Yes. So I would love that. Or even get a group and have you come over and we can, uh, one way or the other, it doesn't matter. Or even if we can, uh, you know, this is, this is the point. I never wanted the distance to be a factor which is right. why I chose to really go and do this all online. And like I said, you're just now connect, you know, connecting with me. I'm just getting ready to release not 10 lessons because they're not lessons. Lessons right. are you show up and then I tell you what to do. I tell you what happens and what's showing up and what I'm going to do about that. So how do we find our connection by just showing up? Yeah. We could just sit there in chairs if we wanted to. Right. And that is conversation in itself. And so I do, I, I, I want to, um, part of this is I want to build a community of like-minded people like yourself. And you also have horses and even a white horse. <laughs> so uh, uh, when you purchase uh, Liberty Horse Academy, at this point, uh, you will get a, uh, uh, I will, we're, we're designing it so that you will get a code and then that code will put you onto a paid Facebook group where mm -hmm. we are interacting and we can post in our videos and talk and I can do online teaching mm -hmm. through that way. And it can be open for other people who are also part of the academy who would like to join in if they so care to. If they don't, they don't. If they do, they do. But it is open and it's just a medium for people to begin going out, showing up with their horses, and then having somebody to talk to about it. This is what happened and this is what's going on so that I, we can begin talking and see where is it going to take us to be open up to these new energies that are coming in. I think, I think it, that is really nice because um, when I started my journey with my horse and not being a horse trainer, being given a wild horse, you know, an untrained horse and um, not knowing what I was doing. So for me, the animal communication was actually, you know, something that I could do and the Reiki healing and the bath flowers and, so, um, but it, this journey can also sometimes be quite lonely because you're yes. basically against a lot of people. You know, when you tell somebody, uh, a normal horse trainer, um, I had to clear, you know, a past life trauma in my horse that we both were holding on to, or, you know, some bad experiences. They look at you and go like, okay, <laughs> you know, this is, you know, so it's, it's lovely to create this community and have people, you know, give them a place where they can feel safe and interact. Well, and, and for myself, and, and you know this, and we all know this, our awakenings are only for us. And that journey to awaken is the solo journey, and it is very painful. But when we can be around those who have made the journey, it makes it easier for us. And we all have our teachers that we reach out to when we need something to hold on to, to stay on this road of darkness, only to know that it is this darkness that is pushing us to the light, you know. And we need to have our teachers to hold on to it. In my case, it's my horses. 
and a few chosen uh, uh, teachers that are also offering online information because they want to have it available for people who are going through this processes that I'm going through. It's our support system. We yeah. have to have it. What we're really doing is we're transitioning ourselves into a different way of we're morphing mm -hmm. into a new world of energy and we're caught between worlds. And so these pioneers like yourself who have gone through this journey so that when we get this wild horse, we go, Oh, but I have these tools. And then the other person who doesn't have those tools may have the body language like I have. Mm -hmm. And then I put together both of these tools and, and show you how it is. Cause communication basically is a huge subject, huge. And so to break it down, we have to know what it is that we're communicating first to our animals. Yeah. And that's to own ourselves as, as animal communicators. You know, if you have your dog out there and you only feed it once a day, and that's the only interaction you have with your dog, guess what? That dog still wags his tail when you come. And all you've communicated is, I'm just a person at five o'clock that comes and feeds you. That's all I am. That is what you have communicated to that dog. That dog doesn't sit there and go, you don't pet me. You don't play with me. <laughs> he doesn't do that. He goes, oh, here comes the five o'clock person. And that person happens to be. So that person is good to that dog. Mm. He sees that person as good. And we're the ones who say the judgment comes. True. And we do it to ourselves. We judge ourselves. So my uh, whole thing is, get, get that away. That just is not going to serve you. It's going to keep you in that loop mind thinking and you're never going to wake up. So let go of that and be on with it. That is so nice. And thank you so much, Linda. I mean, I could continue talking to you and I think that we have to, jump back on the on the uh, on the zoom at some point in the future so that we can talk about um maybe after you 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 launched and see you know how's it going and and all that um just to get an update because i would love to to hear what's yes. going on i would love it as well i'll let you know when i re when because it's coming in it probably will be closer to the end of may but i'm saying june that uh, as I had said in the spring and I'm getting really close to my deadlines, but I love to work with deadlines because that keeps me on from going off and having so many other distractions. Right. Right. And so I'm coming in right on time on it and I've taken all the distractions and gave myself a real ample uh, deadline and it's coming right to the wire. Uh, I could have done it in, such a small amount of time, but I gave myself that room for all that could go wrong. Oh my gosh, did it ever. <laughs> <laughs> so you said um, you were leading us in a little meditation to kind of wrap this up. And uh, I'm looking forward to taking part in a small little meditation. If you're ready. I would love nothing more. So if you can just... Take a nice deep breath and put your feet flat on the floor and just inhale. And exhale. And to know that your breath 
is the most important thing in life. For without it, you would cease to exist with less than four minutes. And that your breath is a force of creation in itself that you don't even have to control. And yet, it is that breath that will connect you with all there is to know in that present moment. Feel the power of the simple breath as you act, knowing that it is bringing well-being not only to each and every cell in your body, all the trillions of cells, as well as it connects you to the whole of all of life. We are one. Amen. And when you're ready, a nice way to just say we are one and what we do to one we do to ourselves namaste namaste thank you so much thank you linda my joy, my joy. thank you okay bye thank you and i didn't know if you wanted to cut out the recording and keep <laughs>